The new people coming in don't understand the dynamic of the happening. That does have sell pressure dynamics that are different, right? You go from selling 10 to now go selling five, right? Because the miners dump on the market, right? You, you can infer whatever you will, but like, you know, nothing is priced in. You're gonna have a consequence to that. I mean, you know, and the, the normal consequence is the price to go up. And, and that does happen every single time. So yeah, I mean, you know, nothing is priced in. This is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, a show where average Joe firefighters explore the most important monetary technology of the 21st century. We talk Bitcoin, we talk finance, and we talk shit. Present and future Bitcoiners, we appreciate you dropping by the one, the only Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast. We're joined once again this week by CEO and co-founder of CoinKite, NVK. In this hour, we do what I'll call the sperm whale discussion. We go deep into the depths of crucial Bitcoin and digital freedom topics, but then we often come straight back to the surface for the humor, superficiality, and degeneracy that NVK has a unique way of bringing out of the two of us. The three of us cover the recent quote-unquote Bitcoin dev hack, why dumb protocols have a propensity to win over time, the potential power of the Nostra protocol, cooking, duck hunting, and a boatload of sexual innuendo. If you are someone interested in staying up on Bitcoin developments and or the tech side, check out NVK's new podcast, Bitcoin Review, linked down in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, we encourage each of you to take steps to implement best practices in self-custody of what may prove to be the most pristine asset on planet Earth. Self-custody is the foundation of Bitcoin. The two of us have trusted the cold card for years, and we advise you do the same. Used correctly, the features on this device have you covered like a banana burka. If you're new to Bitcoin or less comfortable, get going with the basics. Get yourself a cold card Mark IV, generate a private key, start moving Bitcoin, back up your seed phrase on a seed plate, and sleep like a koala bear. If you're more advanced, get your first, second, or third cold card and enjoy time in the weeds. Experiment with multi-sigs, mess with special pins like the rest brick and countdown, and the list can go on and on. All CoinKite products including the tap signer, which we talk about in this episode, can be found at our CoinKite referral link down in the show notes. Use promo code BCB for a discount on cold card. That's code BCB. Lastly, if you don't have them yet, get your Bitcoin 2023 tickets. It's going down again in Miami Beach May 18th to the 20th, 2023. It's going to be a signal-packed party with a smorgasbord of outstanding Bitcoin education and access. Josh and myself, Dan, will both be there. And if you're dead serious about or interested in Bitcoin, you should be there too. You can get 10% off tickets with code BCB23. That's BCB23. Ticket prices will go up significantly and incrementally from now until the conference. So get on it, folks. All views and language expressed by the hosts and guests in this podcast are solely their personal opinions and do not reflect their employers or organizations they are associated with. Do not treat any of the content in this podcast as investment advice or as an inducement to follow a particular strategy. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. NVK, you have the honor to be our first three-peat guest that we've had on here. Ooh. And the only guest, to be honest, we felt comfortable slinging dumpster jokes with at, at any point right off the bat. I'm glad I'm able to contribute. Yeah, we want to give that golden dildo repartee from our last conversation some what for, you know. We got to get back into that thing. Just wondering if maybe the Skunk Works at CoinKite has come up with a steampunk-style dildo uh, that's cypherpunk secure. Anything in that of that nature we would be interested in hearing and buying. I see you really want me to bear back your pod right from the beginning, huh? Exactly, dude. We want to lose <laughs> listeners right the first couple minutes. Yeah. We want to see the okay. teeth. Okay. I see. Well, there is nobody listening anymore. So exactly. Uh, now we can essentially talk about uh, some shitcoin or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are exciting ones. We were saying we, we love every single guest that comes on here. No disrespect, but uh, it feels like a fireman just walked into the room here, Josh, and it could get ugly. So put earmuffs on, uh, throw the kids somewhere they can't hear. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, on public service announcement, before we get into the substance, uh, I have a mustache for those that haven't seen the video. Uh, blonde mustaches do matter. 
and this is fuller than maybe it looks on video, but I'm on borrowed time. My wife wants this thing gone. So if you want to see this thing die jet black, I don't know how many episodes ago we referred to it, but there's a guy at our department that grows a mustache on an annual basis and then dyes it jet black on the day before he shaves it. If you want to see jet black mustache, let us know. <laughs> you know, I am on a solid campaign of getting Steve to grow a, ma a man's beard instead of having, you know, a lady's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> a lady's mustache. We can't grow beards. NVK. Really? We're not allowed to. No, yeah. no facial they burn? hair. No oh. facial hair below the lip line. Because of the respirator. The respirator, the exactly. Even yeah. though, I mean, it's fairly proven you can wear a respirator over a beard. Yeah. Not quite as sealed, but you'll be fine. It's, it's good positive, enough, right? It's I mean, like, pressure. You know, you're fine. There you go. It's the way for chiefs to be doms. They want us to be their subs, ah, and this is, this is their tactic. Yeah. So ah, yeah, it's, it's, You got to own them. Because you know, you know a man is not a slave when he has a beard. Right. Exactly. I mean, like, it's dude. like 100%. That man does not have a real boss. Let's right. rise up, dude. Josh, we got work to <laughs> yeah, do. We do. Yeah, we got to get the union behind the beards. You know, you guys can paint it. You know, just just paint your face. Go some <laughs> henna or whatever, you know, like it starts showing up like that. Then they can't claim it's the respirator. Go full Braveheart. You're right. Brilliant. Let's get that in the contract. <laughs> no facial hair below the lip line. You are, though, able to paint your jawline jet black yeah really? well at least you could paint on like a uh a chin strap or something you know to look a little bit like you have a beard just the tapped on chin strap those were, those were cool like 20 years ago you know you know like kids do for halloween and stuff to pretend they have beards you know like they just sort of like get yeah. a marker you know in the morning marker it out yeah dude there's nothing in the there's nothing in the rules and regs that say we can't just paint on a beard i mean as long as the respirator covers and seals we're good this there is basically go. how the fire service works, though, NVK, is like you have the the hogs in the pen like us trying to make as much room as possible for ourselves, and then the farmers trying to keep the gates in. It's just a giant 100-year <laughs> game of uh, tug-of-war. Yep. How are you, NVK? Give us a little update. I I'm good, man. Uh, we've, uh, we've been busy. We spent uh, the holiday break uh, building a, a Noster relay. Uh, brb.io and sort of messing with that and uh, you know like we're pumping out the the NFC uh, sets cards and the tap signers we're working on another uh, version of code card man it's just like I, I'm just staring at my desk here which has expanded into multi-desks where it's just like prototypes and crap on top of them it's just like never ending um, yep it's uh it's it's been fun. It's been fun. Are you guys generally working on the next version of Cold Card almost as soon as the the new version comes out? What's the runway on something like that? So we we essentially start working on the next version as soon as we start production of the previous version. Sorry, uh, as as soon as we start the production of the new version, we start working on the following version. But uh, but this time we're also working on a on a parallel device that uh, we're still sort of like. Not 100% sure we're going to ship it, but like it's like, say, 90% where the final sort of stage of, of development for it. That would be sort of like a, a, a kind of like a, a premium, more mountain man version of, of the existing hardware. It would cost more money and sort of be have extra things on it. You mm. should call it the Pro. Just just copy <laughs> Apple completely. It's the CoinKite right. Pro. The Maxi. The, the, the Maxi. Code card Maxi. The CoinKite yeah. Maxi, yeah. Uh how, how does it feel to be, you know, a CEO of a company with a lot of important shit to do and you're just literally going to waste an hour with two degenerate firemen who are recording in their basements? <laughs> how does that feel? I, I don't know who the CEO of the company is. I mean, I'm just like a busy guy at the company. <laughs> Listen, if I ever, uh, if I'm ever running this company in a way that I don't have time to have DJ and talks for an hour, like I'm, I'm done with it. I'm totally yeah. done with it. That is a, that's an awesome rule to follow. Seriously, like as a, I could see myself or anyone in that position getting themselves so just stressed out and so into the woods there that you couldn't have any fun at all. Like this is probably a nice little break to just chill for a little bit. Uh, we we run a different joint. Like this is this is not how Quakeite works. <laughs> we can literally just say whatever the fuck we want every week in this ad. It's just total wild west. 
Yeah, no, because, you know, listen, like, contrary to many other companies, we make a product that, like, people actually use and like. Yeah. So, like, it's like, by all means, I mean, if you like the product, I'm pretty sure you're going to just, like, talk about how you like the product. Like, there's exactly. not, like, a lot to it. Yeah, it's pretty um, simple. Yeah. I don't want to dive into business right off the bat here, but <laughs> there is one thing that I, I want to hear your opinion on, your thoughts on, and I know Dan wants to as well. This core dev hack that happened in the last uh, week or so. So it's my understanding this is a very simplistic. I'm going to explain it very simply. I'm sure you can dive much deeper into it. But from my understanding, basically, he had a hot wallet on his laptop that had whatever amount of Bitcoin on it. And he had he left it on there, you know, connected to the Internet. Somebody was able to infiltrate that laptop, get to those keys and then able to drain his wallet. Yeah. Um, so So here's the thing. We don't know. Right, there has not been a postmortem, uh, like publicly with the actual details. Uh, we only know like sort of like his semi, sort of like all over the place tweets about it. Um, so it's hard, really hard to speculate because hackers are pretty smart, and when they do stuff against like smart computer people, they often do very advanced things. Um, so oftentimes you're never going to even find out how you actually happened to. So, so, you know, until we see some more details, you know, there's a few stories like that sort of like a few sort of scenarios that people came up with, but it's kind of like, you know, it's just like pissing in the wind because they're based on ideas that like, you know, many people similar in to his position could have been hacked uh, maybe that's a better way of framing it as yeah. opposed to like speculating on his exact uh, uh, scenario. I think a lot of people, I mean, myself included, when you see something like that start, you know, proliferating on on uh, Twitter or whatever, it makes you your your sphincter kind of tighten up a little bit. And you think to yourself like, shit, I should go check my stuff because, you know, this guy obviously knows his shit with, you know, computer science and he got hacked and that makes people worry. And especially people that really you know, have a vague idea of how these things work. So I guess what I'm looking for here is maybe assuage people's worries about if they have their Bitcoin on a you know cold stored offline, how this doesn't affect their setup in any way. Even if you lie straight to our face, just, just pet our hair quietly <laughs> right, right. And, and rock us to sleep. If anything, actually, the average person is way more secured than all the shadowy super coders uh, for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, the people we see more wrecked more often are people who are highly skilled and highly technical because they have the tendency of customizing their setups, building their own stuff, and they're not benefiting from the economies of scale that right. the average person gets, right? So, like, you guys are running your cold cards. There is, like, you know, like a ton of people out there are cold cards, and there's bad guys trying to break them. So, like, every time we find an issue with it, we fix it for everybody else. So, you're essentially hiding in the crowd and also benefiting from the economies of scale on that. Um, and then you're not customizing stuff, right? You're just grub brain. You know, like, I, I absolutely love the the bell curve meme right like it's like grub brain there you know like i'm gonna do it like simple i'm not gonna because then every time you go do your bitcoining right you're not thinking about it right, right. like because there's nothing custom to do you're just following the steps right like if you're in a in an emotionally altered state, right, you just fought the girlfriend, you know, like maybe, you know, you have a tummy problem and you're not really paying attention to your Bitcoining, uh, you know, you could make a mistake and boom, your own, right? Uh, but now if you're using a hardware device that's like specifically made for this, it's, it's more likely than not going to prevent you from making that mistake, right? And even mm. if you make the mistake, you're protected. So, so essentially like, you know, you're okay. Now, again, if you are that sub shadowy super color, uh, you'll probably have your, you know, your cubes OS or your, you know, super sanitized uh, a Linux laptop, vintage, you know, 2000 before somebody made a specific chip and blah, blah, blah. And you have this massive blog post about how you built that amazing setup. Um, and then like, you know, you got a tummy problem that day or you broke up with a girlfriend and you forget and you accidentally stick a, a USB stick on it that has like some malware, right? It's like, boom, money gone, right? Like, you know, that's not going to happen to your cold card, right? Because it's right. designed for you not to make that stupid mistake. Um, 
So, so, so that's the idea, right? It, it really is like maintaining that sort of like sanity, being having a sanitized setup that is like completely separated from everything else, uh, really helps. Um, and uh, you know, make sure you did your dice right, or you actually use the code card number the random generator, right? Like, you know, I've seen people sometimes do get lazy with the dice thing, and then they just put in their own, like the same number hundred times and your Bitcoin is going to be gone if you do that. Because um, low entropy, there's a lot of people watching low entropy space out there. I think this is a great opportunity to just go back to simplicity for people because it, it, fear is a powerful manipulator. And for mm -hmm. me, I don't want to throw stones that are too heavy here, but I would use the phrase pissed off at Udi mm -hmm. and and CZ for how they handled this. Oh, for um, sure. You had Udi saying you shouldn't, basically you shouldn't manage your own keys, CZ retweeting it. It's honestly sickening to me because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Bitcoin is completely broken without self-custody. Like this project is essentially pointless. The whole decentralization impetus behind it is completely, completely gone, right? And these guys are smart enough to understand that cold storage done in its simplest capacity is in in virtually any regard we can envision ironclad. Like so back to simplicity for someone that's freaking out about this, the way Josh and I think this through. We're a couple dumb boneheaded firemen, but we've been in this space to understand get yourself a cold card, get sparrow, generate your seed out on it, back it up in steel, don't share it with anybody. And don't plug it in anything. Like it's it really is not that hard. Totally. It, for mm -hmm. for you know, we do talk about the the simplest configuration you can use a cold card in, which is workable for someone that's in the space. But if you have bought your cold card and you're using it in wired configuration, start migrating and practicing and working towards offline Bitcoin. Because if you have this thing completely off the internet and you and you follow the the very simple steps as we've said here, if you can assemble a Lego set for ages eight and up, you can figure out how to do this with a cold card. You got to start learning. You got to start exploring. And if you keep it simple, this is true of so many things in Bitcoin, especially as you're trying to accumulate a stack, you're, you're going to protect yourself. Yeah. I mean, listen, and if you're going to plug in cold card into a computer, get yourself an extra cheap computer that you don't go check porn sites, you know, that you don't use for other stuff. Keep it clean and use that as the computer you plug it into. Um, Firemen, did you hear that? All the firefighters mm -hmm. listening? Uh, separate yes. computer. As far as uh, just talking about computer security, porn sites obviously are, you know, destination number one to pick up malware. What do you think are maybe just the slightly lower rung places where you can pick that up? Maybe like just mysterious emails, phishing oh, attacks? everything. Yeah. I mean, listen, nowadays, assume all computers are compromised. Yeah. That, that, that is like the, the, the correct mental model. Okay. Just assume everything is compromised and For start sure. from the premise, right? Because so the then like... Because then you're not worried anymore, right? You're like, well, that's why I'm not plugging my cold card in, right? Like right. that thing is probably it's got virus and it's going to start to steal keys, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. So I guess what um what I'm getting at is that computer. Let's say it's a Chromebook or something. You want to basically not use that thing for email. You don't want to use it for internet searching. You just Correct. use it for your cold card connection if that's how you want to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And and you can also like I mean if you want to get a little bit more uh, interesting. Uh, and uh, you can run uh, Tails, uh, which is just a USB Linux, right? Like it's it's a Linux and a USB stick. So it's like a virtual that, computer you plug into yes. your regular laptop? Okay. And the cool thing about that one is that that one is all pre-made. It comes with Electrum already. Uh, and, and it forgets everything once you turn it off. I'm going to have to play around with that. And, wow. and, and like you can't, like malware can't install itself there. Like it's like there's just, you know, it could very complex stuff, but as, like, general purposely speaking it's just it's pretty reasonable yeah uh, another thing that's very helpful is for people to use macs instead of windows um it, is that it still is true the, i've heard that in yeah. the past but macs have become so much more prolific that i've yeah, i don't I know, know if but that was still true it's just that the permission set and and uh, and the original foundation of the os is substantially oh. better I, I would argue actually like that that a standard non-messed up Mac out of the factory configuration is more secure than your average Linux that ships with laptops, like yeah. substantially. Uh, you know, Linux, you actually need to do some work to get it nice and close. Uh, and the Mac also has a lot of like sort of mummy features, you know, that doesn't want to let you do stuff. Uh, don't turn those off. 
We found that out with putting the, we had some new audio interfaces, yeah. and in order to make them work, they had to be we had to give them kernel access. You had to like restart. You had yeah. to hold the power button, go into like the setting. It was, I mean, it was kind of a pain in the ass, but it's cool to see how secure these things are. You know, they are better, but they're definitely not infallible, right? Like it, right. it's like, you know, if you really want to get up there, get up there. But again, if you're using, you know, cold card air gapped, you know, your concern about the computer is a lot lower. You should still like double check the transactions and do all that stuff. But like, you know, you're, you're a lot more ahead than than everybody else. Do you think a lot of your, we'll call them competitors, are going to move towards more air gap solutions? Like, it's kind of startling to me how few people are are doing this. I doubt well, what's it. What's your thought on that? And why aren't they doing it? Because it seems like such a low-hanging fruit from an OPSEC best practice standpoint. Uh, I doubt it uh, because a lot of them require the the their their counterpart application on the computer to do things. Uh, they were not able due to you know economic reasons, skill reasons, design reasons to accomplish that. Uh, there is one competitor that literally wrote a, a very, very bad cherry picking uh, uh, blog post about how air gapping is useless. Um, I, I mean, like, aside from just hitting the person in the head, you know what I mean? Like with like a pickle, like, <laughs> really, like, it's like, like, I mean, like, I mean, how do you take that of a straight face? Uh, you, you know, there is no wire, right? Like, I mean, like, there is no remote attack that is like, you know, <laughs> except for like, you know, CIA Stuxnet sort of like Mission Impossible here. Like, right. the, the only reason they're going to get the keys off the device is they come to your house and like beat you, right? Like With so, a massive pickle. With yeah. a huge With pickle. a massive pickle, yeah. hey, right? If there's so, any pickle farmers out there, any, send us a huge pickle. Like a huge one. Biggest one we've ever seen. The size of an eggplant. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't uh, like a, a good way of doing a security is not listening to people on Twitter. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like don't listen to people who are like ultra known for being ultra smart who do super complicated setups because they are very knowledgeable. And also, don't listen to like you know like marketing idiocity uh, uh, because. You know yep. they can't accomplish the same but it's yeah. hard it's hard to navigate this space yeah what you said about getting lost in the crowd makes a lot of sense like just you know if you're going to use a cold card it's perfect you're in the crowd if you're going to use an alternative make sure it's a mainstream version and you yes. get it make sure you don't buy it from some random person you know get it directly from the company and just follow the directions and keep your shit on steel and back it up properly and you're going to be just fine. I mean, there is a reason why, like, pretty much everybody in this industry just say, like, use a cold card, treasure, or ledger, right? I mean, like, you know, we all have different sets of trade-offs, right? Uh, but, like, it's within reason that, like, you're, you're substantially more upgraded with any of the solutions, right? Mm -hmm. Um And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm biased to my set of trade-offs and the things that my device does, but you know like being honest like these are three reasonable solutions um like everything else becomes a problem right because they're either too small or they they're too shitty or you know or it's like repackaging of somebody else's code or you know whatever like there's there's a multitude of reasons why you probably don't want that unless they have a very large install base and they become a a respected sort of like choice in in the in the industry yeah, it's a good message. Um, looking back on 2022, folks did a lot at CoinKite. And I think what I'm most impressed with is that you kind of have the entire suite of custody solutions from what is now startlingly simple, like grandmother proof, all the way to shadowy supercoder type shit. <laughs> yeah. And and you've really you've filled in some of those gaps in in my opinion watching this year. Walk us through 2022. What it, what excited you most at CoinKite and then maybe we can bleed that into 2023 what the, what the vision is here moving forward. I kind of lose track of the stuff we ship. I think we have like 50 SKUs on the store now. Um so I think I think Satscard and TapSigner came out in uh last year. Uh if I remember right. And yeah. uh you know, tap signer is a different set of trade-offs than cold card, of course. It's not like, you know, the same level of security, it's not the same idea. But like we wanted to enable people to have a middle ground 
solution that is like like truly 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 simple like tap to pay simple right and, and that was the idea behind uh, uh tap signer so so that you, you you don't have to trust the phone app with keys uh, the phone app just uses this this essentially smart card that taps uh for you to co-sign or sign your your transaction right uh, and uh, and you can use that in a very secure environment where you have like that as just a co-signer and a multi-sig, or you can use it as a single signer with like less money. That's how I like to describe it. Uh, Nunchuck is a great wallet that sort of like really did a lot of upgrading this year. Uh, our friend Hugo, um, and uh, they they do now collaborative multi-sig as well, and they do use the tap signers. They leverage them properly. Uh, Anyways, it's it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll chime in here. Like that, you know how you you do this every day. But there's certain pieces of tech you play with where you're like, "Holy shit, that's the future!" Like when I set up the nunchuck two of three, I did the first one. I did was my Mark IV, a tap signer, and then just one key on the phone. And the simplicity of setting that up, and then conceptualizing like this is really secure. Two of these keys are completely off the phone, and how easy it was. I was like wow, this has come a long way even since we got involved in cold storage back in 2017. It, it did yeah. blow, blow me away, to be honest. Yeah, no, it, it really is like NFC is magic, right? It feels like magic. It's high bandwidth, so you can do complex transactions. They're, they're just like a bunch of, and it's fairly secure as well. Like the connection is is, is like very good. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just... We need to to make sure that the people who are phone first, right? So like there is eight billion people in the world who don't who might not have a computer, right? So like mm -hmm. they only have a phone or a tablet. So like how do we bring these people over to like you know like, like semi code storage sort of solution, right? And and we found the NFC to be like a great solution for that because then you can have a shitty screen, you don't have to have a camera, you can keep the price down, right? Uh, you know, tap signer is like forty bucks, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and like there is no other hardware wallet in the market that's like forty dollars. Like it's it's crazy. Uh, and uh, so yeah, that that was the idea. It's like how can we like grow this the self custody pie like to be ginormous? Yeah, yeah the, I think the perspective that we kind of take on this is Sparrow is first as far as desk desktop stuff goes. And I think I've transitioned over now to Nunchuck on phone. Like that, those are easily the two. Uh, premium apps for Bitcoin storage, in my view. Um, and yeah, like you said, Dan, I think Nunchuck is a step change improvement for yeah. for phone applications, especially when you're considering multi-sig. Even just your basic hot setup. Like I usually keep around a hundred bucks of Bitcoin on my phone, typically just to like, hey, you're new? Like here's, to, yeah. here's three bucks, whatever. I've transitioned to just Nunchuck with a tap signer, just bam. And it's, it's, it's right there in your wallet. It's as convenient as you know, a credit card to spend, but it's got that extra layer of security and you're not worried about your phone falling into a swamp when you're in a duck blind, which is, by the way, <laughs> happened to me twice. And VK, and I don't even duck hunt that much. My phone has ended up in the mud, submerged. One time, didn't know about it for an hour. You need a fanny pack. I guess that's a shout out to Samsung because the thing still fucking survives and I, it's, I'm using it to record the video on this, but I digress. You know, you, you gotta get, when I go duck hunting, I use a, I use a waiter, right? Like a neoprene waiter. And you just and tuck a it nice in there. Velcro. No, yeah. there's like a nice Velcro here on the chest, you know, phone goes there. There's, there's wow, you go you go duck hunting with like a full military uh, build out. Yeah. Huh? Oh, You're, dude, like well, we duck hardcore. hunt, you know, like in uh, in Lake Erie, and it's like uh, in November, it it, it it can get cold, man. Like it could be it could be like you know a nice sunny ten degrees, but it could also be minus fifteen. So like, uh, yeah, and we're there from from dawn to dusk. It's hardcore. I don't want to diverge us too hard into politics here, but I, I, I saw something come across my screen maybe within the last two weeks of Trudeau's talking about banning even shotguns and like hunting rifles now in Canada. Is that true? Well, they, they're trying to to essentially, they've been, they've been trying to chew at it, right? And I think they went too far this one because they're, they're stupid, right? They really don't understand guns. Like, you know, black scary gun, bad. You, you know, like mm -hmm. Woodstock gun, good, right? Like, no, they really want to get rid of all the guns, right? Because they- That's an assault rifle. Yeah, I mean, they, they hate guns, right? I mean, realistically speaking, they wish they could just get rid of all of them, right? But, we, you know, we're neighbors of America, so that's never going to happen. And, uh, 
uh and and canada has like you know like a huge gun history like it's like this is a nation right. of like like hunters and and like people who are fairly self-sovereign up until they decided to become commies right uh yeah, it's all mountain men yeah exactly right i mean you're in the cities like everybody has a pronoun and then as soon as you leave the city everybody's in camo right like canada is actually right. a nation of rednecks polite rednecks yeah. Yeah, we get all the redneck credit down here, but you guys are, you know, towing your own up there. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, the lumberjack comes from here. We have mustaches down here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so yeah, the, the Morans, and I think they pushed too far this time. It's hopefully going to hurt them politically, too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I actually want them to, like, blood, I want them to ban all the guns because then they lose the next election. We'll pack a mule with some guns for you, send them over the border for you. There you go. Jesus. You're you're pretty you're pretty hardcore duck hunter. Or are you what? How much do you do it? Is it a big hobby? I I, 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 I feel my limit. <laughs> Hell yeah! I, I you know I got into it a few years ago. We have a couple buddies at work. Shout out to Ryan and Kyle and some other Mike. Um, These guys hunt everything. They hunt everything. Everything that moves, yeah. they'll shoot. Humans that's, too. that's the way. Uh, no, but they, yeah. they not uh, the humans, but yeah. they. Um, <laughs> it's so early in the morning and it's so freezing even down here. It it takes coaxing to get me out of retirement here. I have I didn't do it at all this year. We we say uh, grow a pair is part of the motto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. And so that, that was a mustache comment. That was not a beard comment, right there. Right. <laughs> it's a little more. It's a bit more extreme though. Ryan has been for the last couple of years. I don't know if he still does it, but I know a few years ago he was trying to hunt coyotes. He would be out. Uh, Literally all night with like night vision goggles. Nice. <laughs> Did he ever actually get one day in? With call, he'd throw a speaker out there. Unfortunately, we can't do a night hunts where I am. Uh, there. I don't think we can here either. He just does what he right. wants. No, no. There is a bunch of states in the U.S. that like night hunts are allowed. It's kind of cool because a lot of the predators are, are night uh, night animals, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, duck hunting is cool because it's one of the only hunting's that you do a lot of shooting. You know, deer hunting, you'll hopefully shoot something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of lying in wait for. Oh, yeah, the ducks are calling them and then up. shoot. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. To look back on 2022 in a different light, what stands out to you from just crypto clown land, Bitcoin innovation in general? What do you think we'll remember in, say, 10 years from, from what happened over the last year? Yeah, I think I think uh, a lot. You know, everybody was drunk on the price, so like this was a, a the 2022 was a was a, a a fun bear market for a lot of people. Uh, bear markets are very interesting that way. It really sort of like uh, it forges Bitcoiners. Um, you know, I guess we pushed a bunch of product that we like. Um, the truckers, right? That that's definitely going to yeah. be a. a it is funny because here, like a lot of the, like especially mainstream and everybody else, just thinks that they're a bunch of Nazis still. Um, Crazy. It, it is. It is pretty absurd. Um, it, it taught a lot of Canadians that the government can can uh, uh, turn on martial law here and uh, and that they can pretty quickly they too. can fucking sugarcoat it however they want they want. But like a lot of people understood what the country, uh, uh, the legal yeah. system here can do. I think a lot of people throughout the world just learned a lot about how the nature of power yes. and how you know, nations drunk on it can affect your life very substantially, very quickly. The whole COVID thing, the the trucker thing, all of these uh, onerous regulations about wearing masks and you know everything. For, oh, damn near forcing va vaccinations in countries, especially like the U.S., which is traditionally you know freedom oriented, and so is Canada, where you wouldn't expect that this ridiculous over the top um no absolute absolute and it just did absolute it's like you put clown world in charge like i mean but like yeah. really in charge like but you know like what a massive advertising for bitcoin and freedom tech right i mean society sure. has diverged right i mean like used to be the only five percent of the population cared about this kind of problems right now it's like a good 20 30 percent of the population so like Yep. It's kind of like good that these things happen, you know, because like everybody's just being frog boiled into yep. sort of like, you know, into like a, a, a master's technology, right? Where it's like, you know, you're banking and all this stuff because it's all easy. So like, I, I think it was great. Um, I think being optimistic about it, this is kind of what causes the pendulum swing that you see throughout history. 
it's the you know grabbing of power to such a degree in one direction you kind of force opposition to rise up just because they recognize and that that small five percent subset is always there but then they get louder and people start listening to them when shit gets sideways which it did over the last few years in my estimation so i think i'm optimistic that this will cause a lot of change to swing in the other direction at least get us somewhere towards a median reality people like, need a punch in the stomach can't, can't go you know, people need a punch yeah. in the stomach to to understand that like you know they need to do something about things right yeah i'd like to hear your view on um <laughs> the whole ftx situation more from not really about just talking about it we all know it's a total clown show and it's hilarious that his girlfriend's ratting on him right now like he's he's basically buried i mean there's there's we'll see how it plays out how you know how corrupt the politique is here but um, what I'm getting at though, is it seems like the government or the governments of the world, are going to love to use this as the lever to pull onerous regulations in the industry and maybe even use this as an, you know, a way to introduce CBDCs as the safer route. Um, how do you view that perspective on it? Like this is a way that they're going to use to lever themselves into more regulation, um, and CBDCs. I, I think so to me, uh, FTX was air America. If, uh, if you don't know what Air America is, I highly recommend uh, going doing some reading. I'll check that out. Um, you know, this is like a full state op. Uh, you know, they were money laundering for everyone and their mother through this through this through this vehicle. Uh, I love the conspiracy side uh, of this. You know, it's not a conspiracy. I mean, like, you know, it's like money from A16Z going back to A16Z. I mean, money from Democratic Party. Like, you know, like, it's yeah. not no, like... No, I- it's an, it's kind of an overt. I, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm not a conspiracy kind of guy, right? Like, I mean, that to me is like often lazy thinking. Like, this is like legit right there. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's right on your face, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not hiding anything. Uh, another interesting thing is that it was part. It's part of the price suppression effort, right? I mean, you, you know, there was no spot ETF for Bitcoin, but there was there was every single mechanism to short Bitcoin was open. Uh, last year, uh, FTX was essentially inflating the Bitcoin supply for that epoch by a lot. Mm-hmm. They had no Bitcoin. I think somebody calculated about like twenty percent. Uh, so it's crazy. Yeah, so it's like an absolute. They they didn't even have other cryptos. Like I mean, there was there was a fiat attack. Plan B got screwed over by FTX is basically what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Plan B has screwed himself by having yeah, that yeah. motto. But yes, I mean, like it's just. But if it wasn't for FTX, right. he would have been he, right. He would be right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it all like, and it, and it's been amazing because he taught a lot of people that like you know trusting the the because they had like very nice suits like I, I mean like they were like really good trading engine you know they had a very good story they were highly capitalized uh, you know like a lot of serious entities were were doing business with them right so like and everybody got rug pulled so it taught a lot of people how to do self custody yeah. I mean, how many billboards do you need? You know, yeah. Quadriga, Celsius, FTX, Alameda, Mount Gox, Block. I mean, you, you, the list could go on forever, but there, there are enough billboards that converting people to understanding that self-custody of the world's first digital bearer asset is the real discovery here. And you, you, need, you need to figure it out. You don't fully own your Bitcoin unless you, you, you take that step. I mean, it is fascinating to me that like, People are willing to invest, you know, say on the low side, a few thousand dollars in Bitcoin, but they're not like some people are not willing to spend a hundred bucks on a hardware wallet. <laughs> and it's great. Or, or invest the one hour. You know, that's the, right? other, like, the time expenditure. Like you're willing to spend that much of your hard earned capital, but you're not willing to dedicate one hour to learn. They spend that looking at Mayo astrology, right? Like all those charts, you know, showing the price <laughs> of Bitcoin is going to go up. You mm-hmm. know, they spend hours on YouTube listening to a bunch of like, you know, like retards essentially like talking about how the price goes up, how the price goes down. Easily identified by the uh, by the picture of them with their mouth gaping open and their eyes yes. like bright blue and like obviously manipulated and some yeah it's so it's so on the on the topic of listening to retards if you're listening to this and you haven't taken the cold storage step turn us off dude flick this thing off head to bluecollarbitcoin.io scroll down to the cold card guides there and uh figure this out stop listening to the three of us blabber 
That, that's right. Like this is this is low signal fun. You know, like go get yourself self custody done before you waste your time. You know, like listening to me blabble about FTX and duck hunting. <laughs> uh, I wanted. Let's talk Noster and and maybe higher level uh, dumb winning protocols. You sent a tweet. I'm going to read a couple quotes and then I'm going to unleash you here. You sent a tweet I liked. I think it was at the end of December. You said. Winning protocols aren't necessarily the best tech. The best is in the eyes of the beholder. The more opinionated the tech, the more someone will find it to be best and someone else find it to be worst. Winning protocols are least opinionated, solving most of the problems at the right time. This quote immediately for me reminded me of Andreas Antonopoulos's piece from 2015, Why Dumb Networks Are Better. I loved this. This actually, this was one of a few things that really caused Bitcoin to click. I'm going to read one quote from his piece and then let you fire. He says, this is kind of the thesis. What's smart about dumb networks is that they push innovation to the edge, giving end users control over the pace and direction of innovation. Simplicity at the center allows for complexity at the edge, which fosters the vast decentralization of services. Surprisingly, then, dumb networks are the smart choice for innovation and freedom. Your tweet, that article made me think of Noster. Obviously, it makes me think of Bitcoin. Talk to us about any of your thoughts on the significance here and, and where this might be headed. So, you know, like uh, when you talk about standards, so protocols and standards are kind of the same thing, right? It's like a bunch of different people try to talk to each other, right? So um, if I have strong opinions on how I want to be talked to, you will likely not want to talk to me because you don't want to like agree to the same way I want to talk to you, right? Like we kind of start having like, you know, if I'm only willing to talk to you on Tuesdays wearing a red shirt and I require that you do the same, you're going to say like, go fuck yourself, right? Like, so, so like, you know, let's just agree that we talk dress however we want, but we just use English. Right. So, so like right. the chances of mm -hmm. us having a conversation are much higher. Right. So, you could use that as a heuristic for like why dumb protocols and simpler things are better because they have less opinions on less things, right? But then you can also make the argument that like if we don't agree on the weather, on a location and other things, you know, this conversation may not be productive, right? We may not be able to do things. So like finding the balance on like how much spec you need to be the most productive versus accomplish like versus being willing to compromise right because com you are compromising on yes. your opinions and on my opinions for us to to have that conversation right so so anyway so bitcoin is a bit like that right uh bitcoin seems complex but it's not uh uh in in certain like it is not complicated in terms of the money moneyness of it right like we agree there's 21 million yeah. you use it this way and that's it you do whatever you want with it i'll do whatever i want with mine you know what i mean like not a lot of rules on that sense so it's kind of dumb in that sense um and and noster um you know really sort of like goes full on simple there has not been a, a protocol that i've been this excited about for a very long time uh, that that is able to accomplish the most to solve a lot of problems with such simplicity, right? Hmm. Um, and when you start talking to like very technical people, people they're getting to protocols and things, they're gonna say, "Oh, you know, it's missing this. You can't do that." And like, you know, they're gonna. But then, if we add all those amazing features, a lot of other people are not gonna want to use it. So. I think Nasser found the perfect, perfect balance of complexity versus uh, uh, productivity at the right time. Um, you know, very good timing. I mean, it's about two years old. Uh, it, it's not finding a lot of like action for a while, uh, but there was a lot of interesting things being built. But then Jack jumped on it, brought a lot of attention to it. Uh, Elon decided to strike an effect Noster, which is like completely unknown protocol. Like put it there instead of like TikTok. Right. He basically put it in front of everyone. Yeah. Right. He didn't list TikTok. He listed Noster. Right. So like, kind of amazing. Um, so yeah. So and Noster, Noster is essentially like a a, a open uh, many to many uh, messaging system, dumb 
relays and smart clients. Yeah. So that's a good sort of like simple way of describing it. Um, and uh, you can build anything on it, right? Like you, you can, like anything that is more broadcast oriented, you can build on it. So Twitter like things, Reddit like things, blogs, uh, like newsletters, uh, like, f like a, a markets to sell stuff, um, like a push notification, uh, GitHub like things. It's text based only and it's signed with Bitcoin keys, which is kind of cool too. So it uses some Bitcoin primitives. Um, yeah, so so the first sort of like application that became obvious to everybody is like, well, let's replace Twitter. <laughs> and and like it's crazy the yeah. amount of people that are on it and like having fun on it and and the evolution of the clients is like moving super fast as well. Um so so it's you know, it's got legs. I'm pretty, pretty uh pumped about it. Just from uh I mean this is a very lay understanding I have of all this. I'm just wondering, um, how this might look in the future. Could there be something similar to like the way we have multiple Bitcoin wallets that you might be able to choose from as for interacting with Noster? So like, let's say you kind of like the way Twitter looks, you like the way that interacts. You can just use a client that interacts with Noster that gives you that Twitter yes. type experience. Or if you you know prefer something more like Facebook or something completely, maybe someone will come up with something way cooler and better. And that'll be the thing people use. But I'm just kind of trying to explore the idea space. That's exactly it. Okay. So the clients are essentially going to choose what kind of message and what kind of like they're willing to sort of like serve to you. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And they will choose also which relays they're going to like. You're going to choose which relays you want to connect to. And you can push to many relays at cool. the same time. So it's extremely censorship resistant. Right. You can queue one relay, but your stuff might be in another 10 relays. Right. Right. So a relay, just a, I just want to, uh, for myself, for the audience, for everyone, explain what a relay is. It's basically a little yep. server or a, it's almost like running a Bitcoin node, basically. Like you're running your version of Noster, you're relaying other people's messages, and you just need a computer running all the time. Or you can you be offline, so online? No, the, the relays need to be online. I, I believe relays are going to be run by people that want to read relays. They're not, not a lot of people are going to run their own relays, but it is similar in Bitcoin that like uh, nobody needs permission to do anything and, and you choose who you want to talk to. The difference is not all relays have all the data. Unlike Bitcoin where every node has all the data, right? Yeah. That probably just wouldn't be possible. There's going to be shit yes. tons of data. Oh boy, yes. <laughs> and there is a lot of data that you might not want to like have on your server too. Right. Yeah, how how do you think that's going to work? Like let's just say there are people or entities out there that are saying shit or doing shit that you're not cool block with. Them. How could you do you, have, you can just block them, but how could you know if you don't know about them, they could be going straight through your I mean, I'm all for open, you know, letting everyone do whatever, but let's put it this way, all the data is public. I mean, yeah. technically you could make your relay private, but like, let's just assume that all the public data is public, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it's signed by the people who alter that data, right? So when I send a, a note out, uh, you know, I sign that note with my public key pair. Um, and, uh, you know, like some relays may allow me to connect to them and push my data to them. Like, for example, our relay brb.io, is connected to Noster and I push my, sorry, it's connected to Damus, which is one client that imitates Twitter. And I push my data there. Now, if you're not listening to, to the relays that I'm pushing my data to, you're not going to see it. Uh, but that doesn't mean the data is not public, right? Because you may add those relays later and they might still have that data there and you might end up taking the data down. So um, assume, assume all the stuff could be public. Like, you know, yeah what you're trying to do is public anyways right right uh you do have encrypted messages as well right so right now though you can tell who's sending messages to who even though message itself is encrypted there is some some work draft work on how to make that more private but it's kind of similar to bitcoin that way too it's pseudonymous right so like all the transaction data is public uh you may not know who's sending it um and you may not know what they're using it for but it is out there that it totally reframes the thing, the way we think through, let's just take social media as the first, you know, use case. And that's 
total freedom at the base and then client user choice above that. Putting this protocol spin on it, this decentralized censorship resistant protocol spin, like end users can still decide what they want filtered in and out, right? Instead of one centralized body or company or agency deciding what's right and what's wrong. I think for, for someone that's listening is like, you guys have said Nostra 28 times. And I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Go try it. It's the best way. It's just, it's a, for right now, this, the first application that's getting a lot of hype is, is censorship resistant Twitter alternative, basically. And I think it is worth hashing out. Like you have, you have maybe people that aren't as ingratiated in this space thinking what's wrong with Twitter. Well, Everything. it does a lot of great things, but there's a huge, <laughs> there's huge problems. Here, here's a few things I wrote down while you were talking. In, from my perspective as a firefighter, there's alg algorithms and centralized people sorting content in ways I, I really have no fucking clue what's showing up on my feed and why. Um, censoring people right. left and right. We're going to ping right. We're going to ping left. Different political climates. There's going to be all kinds yep. of control. Advertisements galore. Not that they're bad, but your feed's saturated with that. Spam galore. Uh, that's that's a current problem. Yeah. It's not like that's been solved on the current application. Dude, just these Twitter papers that came out recently showing the FBI leaning on Twitter in order to affect some political views. Like this stuff is insane. Like we that is that for me is enough reason to try something on that's an alternative like Nostra. Yeah. You know, there's a vast amount of other reasons as well. You know, what's fascinating to me is that th there were like a bunch of Twitter alternatives out there, like uh, Mastodon and uh, yeah. Discord and all those things. But these things, you're just trading a master master to another master. Right. You're just going to another plantation. Yeah, exactly. You're just going to another plantation, right? And and it's completely unrealistic on those on the way that those protocols work for you to run your own, uh, and they just block you anyway. So like it's you know I I run a massive Mastodon instance because there was no alternative and I wanted to have a backup for Bitcoiners to coordinate. Um, but I'm gonna close that down as soon as there is clients for both Android and iOS on the store. Uh, and, you know, and people often ask, like, why are Bitcoiners so interested in this thing, right? Because it's not Bitcoin, right? I mean, he uses Bitcoin primitives uh, for cryptography, and, and he does sort of, like, have a lot of, like, lightning people wanted to do payments with it and all that stuff. But, like, why, yeah. right? Well, because, like... It's freedom tech. Because Bitcoin is the money, but you still need to communicate in order to have trade, right? In order to coordinate things. So, like, we need a medium to coordinate for our amazing money, right? So like, I'm super excited that we have now this this potential thing that could be the thing that we use to like talk to each other to then send money to each other, right? Like, cause like, if you have the Bitcoin but you can't talk to anyone, like it's kind of a problem too. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. You could always do it back the old ham radio. I mean, we just we should just all get. Uh, hey, listen, radio. I am I am all for that. He's a big ham guy, <laughs> it, but yeah, I, from the from my pea sized brain in this regard, it seems like it's dumb enough to potentially win. That's why I brought it up at the beginning. I mean, you think about protocols and innovations that have succeeded; they are really stupid. Like TCPI is just a dumb data pipeline. At the end of the day, Bitcoin doesn't do all that much at the base layer. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty simple, right? It, when you really dumb it down. Think about roadways, think about printing press, stuff that accomplishes something that allows people to build without permission on top of it, unlocking a hive mind of innovation. Nostra has that potential. Exactly, exactly. You know, the way I like to think of it is like, you know, like uh, with Bitcoin is similar to electricity, right? So like the power company, which is centralized, but let's sort of pretend it isn't, right? It delivers electricity to your house. How do you use your electricity is your own fucking problem, right? Like nobody's telling you like, no, you cannot plug a toaster, sir. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, Not yet. Exactly. I mean, they want to go there, right? But, but. You better log in your toaster and ask for permission. But this idea of like having, you have these pipes, right? That are completely invisible to you too. People don't understand, like half people don't understand how electricity works, right? Like, but like you have this thing, right that, that is incredibly important to your life right uh incredible yep. amount of value uh you can't essentially live without uh money is one of them right and bitcoin makes the money dumb right it makes you be able to spend the money however you want and it makes it so that nobody else can cheat you out of your money uh, uh inflation uh and noster is doing essentially that for communication now right so uh essentially you can have 
uh, the communication delivered to you in different ways uh, for whatever purpose you want to do it, right? Nobody can tell you what you are allowed or not allowed to say or do with that message. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring with one more way to analogize this just because I don't think we've beaten this to death enough yet. But uh, you mentioned the printing press and, in a, and these simple protocols, like the printing press, that's a simple protocol. But guess what? It doesn't create a book. It just creates the method for distributing that book. So you need somebody with a brain or somebody with some idea or some to disseminate the information using that printing press. And that's effectively what Bitcoin is and what Noster is, is it's a free and open printing press to allow your ideas to proliferate throughout the world. But it's even better because there's nobody that can stop that information flow. No, and, and it's, it becomes, and it's guacamole, right? Like you can start killing like relays left, right, and center because like a lot of them are going to be on centralized hosting companies, right? But like, but that doesn't mean the information doesn't live on somewhere else, right? So that that's why it's right. so cool. It's that like it becomes. Man, I'm way more excited about this right now. It became. It becomes like it's asymmetric, right? In terms of like trying to kill it, so you're just gonna have a lot of like redundancy on on that information and information wants to be free right uh it's going to be really really hard to enforce copyright on uh uh on digital content right because you're just not going to have somebody to go be uh, put in jail uh there's going to be a lot of that uh you know like you're going to find this to be a great place to dump, you know, like research information that people want to charge for, or, you know, like a lot of things that are text-based uh, are gonna live on this and they're not gonna be able to be taken down. And I also think it is worth throwing in here for people that are worried about this or picking at it, you have to envision yourself not being in say the United States as many imperfections as we've thrown at Canada and the U S like something Lynn wrote in her most recent December newsletter, the freedom house classifies countries as free or partly free or not free. Only 20% of countries right now meet their definition of free down from 46% in 2005. So if you're trapped in some autocratic regime and you have no fucking clue what's actually going on in the world and all your information is censored, Think about the power of being able to tap into a relay that's totally uncensored on Nostra with a giant hive mind of people in yeah. there. I do get the counter arguments like you don't want your 12 year old being solicited by pedophiles on Nostra, but that's where things are going to get pushed to the client side. It's just going to flip things on their head. You're going to have the ability to choose yeah. which apps are viable, which aren't, and it's just going to it's going to unlock all this potential of how you want to interact with it, but there's going to be the ability to yep. get all of it at the base somewhere, somehow. Dan, you, you just identified the attack vector, man. That's the, that's the first place they're going to protect yep. the children. Yeah. But with this thing is over, right? I mean, like, how are they going to put the little message saying, uh, you know, like, uh, the, you have wrong things, sir. This vaccine is like your information about vaccine is, is incorrect. Like it, it's, it's absolutely over. Like, it's like the same way that Bitcoin changed the dynamic for money. This thing changed the dynamic for, for broadcasted information. Um, you know, and we've learned that uh, governments will go after, right? Like they, they, they completely cock Twitter. Uh, they, you know, or did you yes. say cock? Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> yes. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, use of the term, by the way. We can't make that the title. Cause then we'll get, you know, we'll get censored, but that, uh, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Want that I know. To be the title. You gotta, you gotta make this uh, very clean so more people get to the cucked part of it. Jack Dorsey's just making Elon watch too. Like it's, it's, it, it's that's crazy. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Jack Dorsey might be the new Bitcoin Jesus. He gave 14 bitcoins to Noster to help uh, bootstrap them along. Um, he's just like, I mean, prolific, obviously very wealthy and really generous guy who has been helping this protocol in every way he can. Yeah, he's putting his money in his reputational where his capital where his mouth is and you you got to respect it. I think mm -hmm. it's hard for a person with the the right the, the heart in the right place to not try to uh to help things like this, right? Uh you know, listen, everybody's going to come from different places. Everybody's going to have different motives. Everybody's going to have different preferences, right? I mean, I may not agree with a bunch of like, you know, like woke people who join this thing or whatever but like i think 
it's important that everybody sort of like converge on freedom tech. Uh, you know, in the marketplace of ideas, if it's truly free, it's going to sort out who wins, right? Of course, it's the end cap people. But like, it, it, you know, it's, I always joke that uh, commie Bitcoiners are, are in for a rude awakening. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but hey, <laughs> you know what? Those, a lot of those, those people are mostly living in their parents' basement and they're not going to, they're not really, you know, creating any offspring. So that'll kind of just the, take yeah, care of itself. Yeah, is a bitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, before we let you go, there's, I mean, this isn't just an easy question we always have to toss at you. What do you think is going to happen in 2024 with the happening? You think that people have been, have seen enough of this where they're like, they've learned their lesson and it won't do the same thing it's always done? Or do you think, um, do you think it'll just do it again? Do you think it'll just rock it off of the happening like it's done four times in the past? Now's your chance to create a bullshit model. Yeah. Plan C. Let me get uh, my whiteboard. One second. Uh, no, no. But realistically speaking, guys, like information is 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 like super asymmetric, right? Like nobody mm. has access to all the information all the time, and markets are extremely imperfect. So, um, you know, Bitcoin is not in the news anymore, right? So. Uh, and everybody's gonna be in despair. Everybody's gonna be, you know, we're in that part of the market, the, the cycle now, right? So, um, people don't, the new people coming in don't understand the dynamic of the happening, right? It doesn't matter how much they look at it, how much they study it, like, you know, it's very sort of like foreign, right? So, that does have cell pressure dynamics that are different. Right, you go from selling ten to now go selling five, right? Because the miners dump on the market, right? So, right. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, like you, you can infer whatever you will, but like you know, nothing is priced in, right? So you're gonna have a consequence to that. I mean, you know, and the, the normal consequence is the price to go up, and, and that does happen every single time. Uh, uh. You know, it's kind of like when people are talking about like this is the this is the final cycle and all that bullshit. I'm like, you clearly just haven't been in the space for long enough. Like this shit's gonna <laughs> dump at some point. I mean, we clearly yeah. didn't get to the high as high as it was supposed to be. Just historically speaking, we didn't even have a proper all time high. Sixty nine was pathetic. Great number though. I'm glad it hit there. Great number. We agree. Yeah, uh, yeah it was properly done by Bitcoin at sixty nine k. Exactly. So, like, I think a lot of people took that by surprise that didn't go as high as supposed to, and that confused the market. And you had FTX, and you had all this, like, you know, pumponomics and leverage. It was the first time that we had a lot of leverage in Bitcoin. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, prices, price, nothing is priced in. Efficient market theories, nonsense. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk food before you go. Um, God. <laughs> Bless it. Is your Twitter just make me salivate? What's your favorite cut of meat? Oh, dude, uh, I'm not a favorites kind of guy, but like I do have a handful of goals too that really make me happy. Uh, picanha being one of them, which is uh, 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 it's a sirloin cap tri tip there <clears throat> uh, with the fat on. Uh, very few cuts of meat taste like well as that. Uh, Bavette. Uh, it's not something you're gonna find in every butcher, but if you ask your butcher, he probably knows what that is. Uh, skirt. Mm -hmm. um, I do like uh, I do like uh, uh, a good uh, strip loin, especially if you're getting from the 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 bigger piece that has the sinew around, and you just cut that sinew yeah. out before you cook it. It's amazing. Uh, have you guys entertained the idea of a coin kite cookbook? <laughs> you know what? We just we're gonna we're gonna just do a a, a sexy calendar of beef. Josh and I will be uh, November and December. There you go. Um, yeah. If so, yeah. If you're you're serving one meal to Satoshi Nakamoto, right? He's coming to your cabin or whatever. You got to plate one meal for him. What what is it? Oh, dude, fuck that. No heroes. Yeah, you're right. He gets the same. He gets, he gets the same plate. We he do. already has it. Yeah. yeah, no, he, he'll be fine. You know, he's welcome to come for barbecue, but ground beef. He's gonna get served that everybody else gets. It's a, it's a, it's gonna be an open barbecue. Beautiful. Thanks for coming on, NVK. 
Hey, dude. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I, I love the energy on this pod. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have you on again. Uh, any any handoffs or things you want our audience to know before you sign off here and actually get to productive things in your day? Uh, uh, I'm actually recording in an hour the, the my new pod thing. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about uh, estates and Bitcoin concerns around estates. Uh, mm. That should be interesting for anybody that hasn't checked it out. It's uh, Bitcoin dot review. It's a good pod. Uh, it's, it's been it's been fun doing that. I I appreciate now how much fucking work it is to have a pod. <laughs> it adds up, man. It's more than you. It's more than people yeah. think for sure. Hey, listen. Uh, thank you guys. Keep on educating people. It's uh, that that's the that's the gig. Appreciate you. Thank you. Keep protecting our Bitcoin. That's the gig. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you guys have an awesome day. If you enjoyed this conversation and you're appreciating our content here at Blue Collar Bitcoin, you can genuinely help us extend our reach by taking a minute to leave us a review on Apple, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or liking and subscribing on your app of choice. Josh and myself, Dan, are also active on Twitter, at blue underscore collar BTC, where we regularly post about Bitcoin, economics, food, and all sorts of other bullshit. If you want to send us questions or comments, our email is bluecollarbitcoinpodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, we take our partnerships on this show extremely seriously. We believe in these companies and their utility. Information, promo codes, and links to all our sponsors can be found down in the show notes. Take care, folks. Have a great week. And we look forward to you joining us again on the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast.